Hello and welcome to this Monday, July 29th, 2019 episode of the Law of Success Mastermind. Today's episode, we are on Napoleon Hill's Keys to Success, uh, the second half of the chapter. The third fear, ill health. This fear is closely related to a later one, the fear of death but it is much more dependent on habits for its growth. You may very well have acquired it simply by growing up around others who shared it. It too can prevent you from taking risks and its simple presence can actually bring about the very situation you fear. Remember that whatever your mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. This works just as effectively in creating illness as in maintaining health. Norman Cousins effectively demonstrated the power of laughter in healing the sick, himself included. You want the power of your mind focused on maintaining your health, but certain habits demonstrate your enslavement to the fear of ill health. You must break them. The drugstore habit. Do not run to the pharmacist every time some new cure-all is advertised. Have you consumed mountains of garlic, ginseng, and oat bran? Taking care of yourself is important, but looking to pills diverts your attention from recognizing that your own mental attitude toward your health is the most important factor in your good health. The habit of self-pity. Do the slightest pains and discomforts keep you in bed? Is some condition your excuse for not acting? Dwell on that condition, surrender it, surrender to it, and you are finished. It is an obstacle to be overcome and it may take effort to overcome it. But every skill you develop in overcoming your condition will serve you throughout your plan for achieving success. The habit of substance abuse. It may be drink, it may be drugs, but it's there only to cover up your fear of some mental or physical pain. You must seek out the source of that pain and address it. This process will take time, but every step of progress will make you step of progress you make on that path will bring you will not only bring progress in overcoming your other fears, but also free your time, money, and energy for achieving success. This process will take time, but every step of progress you make on that path will not only bring progress in overcoming your other fears, but also free your time, money, and energy for achieving success. Overcoming your fear of ill health can bring you wonderfully concrete results in so many ways. You, your family, your friends, and your ambitions will all be better off. The fourth fear, loss of love. I knew a man once who lost everything he had, money, social position, the love of his family, when it was discovered that for many, for years he had been cheating his business partners, and evading taxes. His only explanation was that he had lavished all his ill-gotten gains upon his wife, out of fear that otherwise he would be unable to hold on to her affections. 
the bitterest irony was that since he had so long focused all his efforts on the single aim of satisfying her every want, his wife had come to see him only in that light. As soon as he was no longer able to provide for her, she left him. Once she had truly loved him, but out of fear, he had cultivated only one aspect of the relationship, and her affections naturally withered. What had, what had he offered her to love but his money? The fear of loss of love is so intimate and so easily understood that it isn't necessary to elaborate on its symptoms. Simply cultivate your relationships with a positive mental attitude. Give them your all, and instead of being a source of fear to you, they will be a bastion of strength and courage. The fifth fear, old age. The fear of old age causes you to slow down and develop a feeling of inferiority. Whether you are 30, 40, 60, or 70, you become convinced that you have let opportunity slip by and that your best years are behind you. Nothing could be further from the truth. Every moment of your life that has passed by has taught you invaluable lessons that you can apply today. You should have a positive appreciation for the wisdom and understanding you have gained. Most of the great achievements in human history have come from people who have blown out more than a few birthday candles. The best way to confront this fear is to jump on it with both feet and laugh about it. Whenever you have a birthday, subtract a year from your age instead of adding one. Don't make the mistake of trying to act like a teenager, adopting the dress and speech you see on TV. That will only make you feel and look foolish. And don't ever say to yourself, if only I were younger, I would do something that you know you must. There was a time when every morning I, as I arose, I saw Father Time sneaking up alongside me. At first I was terrified, but one day I looked him in the eye and shouted, Get out of here, old man, and stay out. I don't need you. Get out. Try this for yourself whenever the idea occurs that you are too old to do something, and you will find that this response is quickly retrieved from your subconscious, ready to defend you whenever the fear of old age threatens. The sixth fear, loss of liberty. No matter where you live, in any country, the fear of the loss of freedom is present. For those suffering in police states, rather than enjoying the liberty that Americans possess, the fear is great. But many other forces can work to limit your freedom. The political ambitions of your neighbors, the demands of your daily life, and this fear can paralyze you and distract you from your definite major purpose. The only way to fight this fear is to take an active role in defending the institutions that preserve your liberty. The rights we enjoy in this country were won through bitter years of struggle, and they can be maintained only by constant vigilance. You must be aware of the struggles that are taking place. You must take an active role in them, and you must also be sure that you are doing nothing that encroaches upon the liberties of others. If you become a tyrant in the pursuit of your definite major purpose, seeking to dominate your family, your mastermind alliance, and your employees, you will be rolling back the cause of freedom. 
just as certainly as does any revolutionary extremist. You cannot be free of this fear yourself if you are not in harmony with the very forces of liberty which make your own success possible. The seventh fear, death. This fear is the grandfather of all others. It is very difficult to whip because it is so universal in our society and because it is constantly reinforced on a daily basis. There is no escape from death, and no matter what faiths we have, death is an unknown, for we have never experienced it. Complete, absolute answers about its nature are impossible, and it is human nature to fear anything we do not understand. The truth is, fear of death can stop you in your tracks much sooner than the actual event. Overwhelmed by the possibility of the end of your existence, you may feel that action is futile and effort is meaningless. This ignores the fundamental fact that every moment of your life is valuable, that the world rolls on about you, and that your own actions can have a positive effect far beyond your own situation. Even if death comes for you in the next instant, life will not stop for those you love and those you do not even know. You have no obligation to act for the common good. I can tell you how I have succeeded in quieting this fear. I have looked at life and death and the nature of the world. I have recognized that only two conclusions are possible. Death is either one long eternal sleep or an experience on some plane far better than we have here on earth. Either way, there is nothing to fear because it is inevitable. Recognizing this allows you to write off the fear of death. You don't discuss it, you don't think about it, you simply realize that at one time or another you will face it, and there will be nothing you can do about it. So you accept this fact, for only a, a simple-minded person worries about something over which he, has, he or she has no control. Replacing Fear with Hope The fundamental lesson in dealing with fear of death is learning to set it aside. You should be this should be your goal with each of the fears, for whatever you fear will follow you around like a puppy. Your mind attracts anything it dwells upon. Most people go through life thinking about the things they don't want to happen, and they probably experience every one of them. Wouldn't it be a better idea then to refuse to think about the things you don't want and to feed your mind with pictures of the things you do want? There is nothing more important than learning the art of keeping your mind focused upon the things, conditions, and circumstances you really want. This is the greatest application of applied faith you can make. When your mind has definiteness of purpose, you are in a condition to start having faith. And when you have faith, you can call upon infinite intelligence to apply it. Faith exists only so long as it is used. You cannot develop muscles by not using them. You cannot increase your capital by not investing it. Persistent action backed by definiteness of purpose will pump up your faith. <laughs> Demonstrating the power of your faith. The key to putting your faith into action is to have a positive mental attitude. Here are steps to build your faith and your PMA. Step one. Adopt a definite major purpose and begin to attain it. Follow the instructions in the first chapter, 
Know what you want and get busy creating it. Be sure that the object of your desire is something worthy, something you can obtain. Never sell yourself short, but do not set a task for yourself, which is utterly ridiculous. Step one, I mean step two. Affirm the object of your desire through prayer, morning and night. Inspire your imagination to see yourself already in possession of it. When you attain one goal, set a new one. Do not let complacency set in. Bill Gates founded Microsoft, the software company that supplies the operating systems for more than 70% of the computers in the world. By the time he was 35, his company was bigger than McDonald's, Disney, and CBS. Did he stop there? No, he continued to dream of new roles for himself and his corporation. By the time he was 37, he had embarked on a new path to provide systems to link every machine in an office, telephone, fax machines, computers, all working together seamlessly. And he managed to bind such giants as AT&T and IBM to his vision enlisting them in a consortium to develop and deliver that magnificent system. You will achieve precisely the success you can envision for yourself. Cultivate that vision every day in every way you can. I would like to add about Bill Gates. Microsoft is currently the largest company um, on the stock exchange and Bill Gates is the second richest man. He was the richest man for quite some years. Just lost the title to Jeff Bezos from Amazon. Although Jeff Bezos got a divorce. Not sure if that how much that affected his net worth. The point is that Bill Gates is still married, still happy. He's had major definiteness of purpose. And now he's giving all his money away to help solve the world's problems. Building cities of the future. Uh, creating vaccines that are saving lives in third world countries, just doing a, a number of things. So he's giving away like 99% of his wealth to solve the world's problems, which is pretty incredible. Step three, associate as many as, associate as, many as possible of the 10 basic human motives mentioned on page 18 with your definite major purpose. Give yourself a compelling motive for doing what you want to do. Then, renew that motive by bringing it up in your mind as often as possible on a daily basis. If your motives include a fine home, a nice car, and a good wardrobe, visualize those things around you. Go through the motions of driving that car or wandering about that house. Do not hesitate to use your imagination to fuel your burning desire. Step four, write out a list of all the advantages of your definite major purpose and call them into your mind as often as you can. This will make you success conscious, conscious for the power of self-suggestion. will study your resolve when things do not appear to be going well. If you're caught in an impossible job, you can keep yourself smiling by thinking of what you'll be doing once you are free. <laughs> Step five. Associate with people who are in sympathy with you and your major purpose. Get their encouragement. They can be colleagues, friends, or family. One realtor I know occasionally comes home discouraged, but she has an agreement with her husband that covers this circumstance. The instant she lets go a defeatist sigh, he pulls out her certificate from the Million Dollar Club and a list of previous sales she's made. Whose name do you see here? Who sold all those houses? 
who sold that place down by the lake that had been on the market for two years? Who saw what a dream house it could be? Isn't that this latest offering just as good? That's all it takes and she's out the door or on the phone again. And her husband? Don't think that he isn't inspired by his wife's determination that his own work isn't better after he's seen what a little encouragement can do. We all need people to give us a boost and we all benefit from doing the same for others. Step six, don't let a day pass without making at least one definite move toward attaining your major purpose. Keep up that persistent action. That realtor may not sell a house every day, but you can be sure that she's showing it, that she's talking it up, and that she's reviewing her list of clients, that she's walking through it by herself, imagining what a wonderful home it will make for a family. Each of these steps may not be the actual sale, but they're as much as part of it as the actual closing. Step seven, choose a pace setter. Pick someone prosperous, self-reliant, and successful, and make up your mind not to only catch up with that person, but to pass him or her by. Don't tell anyone this is your goal. The point is not to win a public contest, but to get where you want to go. Step eight, surround yourself with books, pictures, mottos, and other suggestive devices. Pick things that symbolize and reinforce achievement and self-reliance. Work constantly to add to your collection, to move things to new places, where you can see them in a different light and in association with different things. My realtor friend kept a framed copy of her million dollar club certificate over her desk. One day she took it down to dust it and set it on top of a newspaper. When she picked it up again, she saw beneath it an article about it, the new football coach who had been hired at the university. He would need a place to live. Guess who bought that house she'd been struggling to sell? <laughs> As you build an atmosphere of support, keep a notebook handy to jot down the things you hear and read that inspire you. When you're on the road or in a meeting, your fast scratchings can give you lasting support. Step nine, never run away from disagreeable circumstances. Fight them with all your resources, right where you stand and without a moment's delay. This doesn't mean taking a swing at the fellow who tells you no. It does not mean, does, it does mean not accepting that refusal and bringing every faculty you have to bear on changing that person's mind. Or you may have to take a hard look at yourself, find the error you made, and resolve then and there to correct it. Sometimes adverse circumstances are testing devices, providing means by which you may be promoted from a given task to a greater one. Remember, you are what you are and where you are because of the dominating thoughts in your mind. Procrastination in dealing with these thoughts only sentences you to further limitation and frustration. Step 10. Recognize that anything worth having has a definite price tag. Anything worth having is worth working for. The price of self-reliance is eternal vigilance in applying your faith. Close the door of fear behind you and you will quickly see the door of faith open before you. Increasing and applying your faith 
are a process that takes time and dedication. You will never be finished with this task because the power you have at your disposal is infinite. So are the rewards. Close the door of fear behind you. And you will quickly see the door of faith open before you. Increasing and applying your faith are a process that takes time and dedication. You will never be finished with this task because the power you have at your disposal is infinite. So are the rewards. Thanks for another episode of the Law of Success Mastermind. Have a great night. Tomorrow, I'm going to be on the Law of Success, but I don't know what I'm reading because it doesn't have a chapter in faith. So we shall see. I'll know tomorrow. Thanks. Bye.